Hi everyone, I wanted to jump on here and record a somewhat brief video um, just talking about a paper that I read recently from the American Heart Association. Um, it was actually a scientific statement that they recently published and I think it's pretty important to discuss because it actually provides some, I want to say novel um, recommendations and novel from the aspect that often when we think about cardiovascular health reducing cardiovascular disease risk, weight loss, etc. We think of aerobic exercise, so running, walking, biking, things like that. And those are typically the types of things that are recommended um, for cardiovascular health and weight loss. However, this uh, scientific statement, uh, it's an update from a scientific statement from 2007 on resistance training in individuals with and without cardiovascular diseases. And so in essence, what this is summarizing and giving recommendations for is New evidence suggesting that resistance exercise can help improve cardiovascular health, reduce cardiovascular risk factors, and is safe, healthy, and um, widely recommended, should be widely recommended, at least for individuals who are at cardiovascular risk or even for healthy, non-diseased individuals. So I thought it would be fun to just go through some of the key findings of this paper. We're not going to read it word by word. Um, I've gone ahead and done that. So we'll just go ahead and overview some of the findings that I think are important and talk about some of the key takeaways. So again, as I mentioned, this is a scientific statement from the American Heart Association um, called Resistance Training, Resistance Exercise Training in Individuals with and Without Cardiovascular Disease 2023 Update, a scientific statement from the American Heart Association. Hopefully my mouse here isn't too bothersome, but I'm going to be using it to point to some things. <laughs> All right, so um, if we're looking at the introduction here, it talks a little bit about the epidemiological evidence on resistance training. Um, so again, aerobic training, the benefits of aerobic training for cardiovascular health are well known. They've been studied for decades, but resistance training, you know, despite resistance training, you know, being the subject of research for a long time, Resistance training in cardiovascular disease haven't really been kind of topics that have been well explored. Um, so here, though, they talk about how epidemiological evidence suggests resistance training is associated with reduced risk of all-cause mortality, cardiovascular disease mortality, um, and evidence that adults who participate in resistance training, they have 15% lower risks of all-cause mortality, 17% lower risk of cardiovascular disease um, mortality compared to adults who don't resistance train. And the maximum risk reduction, interestingly, seems to occur around 30 to 60 minutes per week. So if you think about how much exercise that is, it's it's not a lot of resistance exercise. You know, that's maybe two to three sessions per week of 20 to 30 minutes each time. That seems to be where the maximum risk reduction occurs with kind of the benefits leveling off um, after that. However, um, you know, some more dire news and not surprising, I guess, but only 28% of adults meet the minimum recommended uh, physical activity guidelines for resistance training, which are two days per week. So less than a third of the population resistance trains uh, a minimum of two times per week. So kind of depressing news there, something we all certainly need to work on. Uh, I use the royal we, I need to work on that as well. So then we get into the health benefits of resistance training, and they separate these sections into traditional cardiovascular disease risk factors and then non-traditional cardiovascular disease risk factors. 
So the traditional cardiovascular disease risk factors, that's going to refer to blood pressure, blood lipid profiles, fasting glucose, and then anthropometric uh, measures like body composition, BMI, weight, body fat, and things like that. So here we'll just take a look at blood pressure first. Um, resting blood pressure. So in all populations, resistance training seems to benefit blood pressure. So even in healthy younger adults who don't have elevated blood pressure, we can see reductions in diastolic blood pressure of about one millimeter of mercury. So not a clinically significant really reduction, but again, in people without high blood pressure, you know, that could be potentially important. So for middle-aged uh, healthy older adults who um, might have slightly elevated blood pressure, effects of resistance training on systolic and diastolic blood pressure seem to be in the range of two to four millimeters of mercury. And then the benefits are even more pronounced in people with prehypertension, so slightly elevated blood pressure and hypertension. So individuals with prehypertension, we can see reductions in systolic and diastolic blood pressure of around three millimeters of mercury. And then in adults with hypertension, around six to five, five to six millimeters of mercury for systolic and diastolic respectively. So again, you know, the higher your blood pressure, the evidence would suggest the more benefit that you can potentially receive from resistance training, which is kind of cool. Resistance training and glycemia. Again, here, um, resistance training interventions can produce reductions in fasting glucose by around two to five milligrams per deciliter. And in adults with diabetes, those benefits do seem to be more pronounced. HbA1c can even be reduced uh, with resistance training. So Definitely some benefits there, improvements in insulin resistance and blood glucose and insulin levels potentially. Looking here at lipid profiles, so think about high density cholesterol, HDL cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, total cholesterol, triglycerides, things like that. Um, resistance training also exerts favorable benefits um, on lipid profiles. So reductions in LDL cholesterol and total cholesterol and triglycerides and increases uh, and improvements in HDL cholesterol. Here we can see HDL might improve by around two to 12 milligram per deciliter, and then total cholesterol might be reduced by eight milligrams per deciliter, triglycerides seven to 13 milligrams per deciliter. And then they cite a few meta-analyses here showing that there may not be significant reductions um, in adults who don't have elevated cardiometabolic risk factors, but in adults with elevated cardiometabolic risk, so potentially those with metabolic syndrome, um, the reductions in LDL cholesterol can be pretty significant, 13 uh, milligrams per deciliter after resistance training. And then if we look at body composition and weight, no surprise here, resistance training does appear to beneficially impact lean body mass and fat mass. So in adults with overweight or obesity, um, lean body mass decreases, body fat percentage uh, decreases too, as well as whole body fat mass. So overall, resistance training can improve body composition. And this isn't surprising. This is kind of one of the areas where resistance training is most well regarded in terms of um, its potential benefits. So here in summary, more recent data suggests resistance training has significant and favorable effects on traditional cardiovascular disease risk factors, including blood pressure, glycemia, lipids, and lipoproteins and body composition. The benefits tend to be greater in older adults and those with elevated cardiometabolic risk factors. No surprise there. The paper then goes on to discuss some non-traditional risk factors for cardiovascular disease and how those um, may be beneficially impacted by resistance training. The mechanisms here um, appear to be due to increases in cardiorespiratory fitness, um, increased leg strength, increased mitochondrial function, increased type two muscle fibers, 
And um, what those non-traditional risk factors are, if we take a look at this table, um, cardiorespiratory fitness, so VO2 max, resistance training may even be able to improve VO2 max, kind of cool. Arterial stiffness and endothelial function, so that reflects the structure and the function of your blood vessels. Inflammation, C-reactive protein, um, depression and anxiety, quality of life and sleep. So resistance training appears to have benefits for all of these. And, you know, I've highlighted a few in this table that we can look at, but I won't go through all of them too diligently. But, you know, we see that small to moderate improvements in cardiorespiratory fitness can occur with resistance training. Inflammation decreases with resistance training. And I'm sure that is due in part, at least, to reductions in inflammation and body weight, or sorry, not inflammation, but uh, reductions in body weight and body fat percentage, things like that. Uh, depression and anxiety decreased and quality of life increased. So that's kind of cool and suggests that resistance training may also benefit mental function. And again, not surprising because mental health and physical health are intricately, you know, related. So improvements in one can lead to improvements in the other. And then sleep. There was some evidence that resistance training interventions can increase sleep quality, which is kind of cool. Um, so I think that's a benefit that all of us would uh, be happy to accept. So more resistance training resulting in better sleep quality, definitely a good thing and sort of a novel benefit of resistance training as far as I'm concerned. The next section here, it talks about resistance training versus aerobic training and versus combined training in cardiovascular disease risk factors. And so in general, um, you know, there's this kind of this argument if you're on Twitter and kind of in this space, it's like, oh, what should you do? Should you do resistance training? Should you uh, do aerobic training, more cardio, or should you do both? Well, the obvious answer is that you should do both, but you know, we like to argue about, you know, whether uh, the thing that we like the most is what we should do. So I like running and, you know, I think everybody should run, but somebody who lifts all the time might think the opposite. The clear answer is yes, you should do both. You should do aerobic training and uh, resistance training every week. And obviously, you know, the amount of time you dedicate to either of those will probably depend on which one you enjoy the most, which is which is okay. However, um, if we're just looking at the traditional and non-traditional cardiovascular disease risk factors, in general, aerobic training, resistance training, they appear to have similar benefits. Resistance training, you're often going to get better improvements in body composition. Here, I'll scroll down because there is a, uh, a nice table here. So you're going to probably have better uh, body weight loss and improvements in body composition, increases in lean mass with resistance training compared to aerobic training. But then you're going to probably have better improvements in glycemic control. And there's no cardiorespiratory fitness here, but cardiorespiratory fitness for aerobic training. But concurrent training, which refers to uh, performing aerobic and resistance training at the same time, that typically results in more pronounced benefits versus either resistance training or aerobic training alone. So again, supporting the conclusion that doing both is the best thing to uh, maximally reduce your cardiovascular disease risk. The paper then goes on to discuss some benefits and considerations for special populations. And here, kind of the, the overall gist is that most of this research, like most research in exercise science and physiology, has just been conducted in men, typically younger men, but Indeed, these benefits can apply to several other, you know, populations which make up, you know, more of the population than just men do. So they discuss resistance training uh, for women. They can similarly improve muscular strength, endurance, body composition, and cardiovascular disease risk factors in women of all ages. 
Something that may be particularly unique to women um, in a benefit of resistance training is the improvements in bone mineral density and bone strength. So with um, menopause, women become more at risk for osteopenia and osteoporosis, um, you know, uh, a weakening of their bones, more susceptible to fractures and things like that. Resistance training definitely helps with that. But again, that's not only limited to women, uh, men can also experience the bone benefits of resistance training as well. Here is some data that most women do not regularly engage in resistance training. Uh, I think there are you know, some statistics that maybe more women participate in aerobic versus resistance, and for men, it's probably the opposite. For pregnant and postpartum women, they go on to recommend um, that resistance training should be performed, and it's also very safe. So obviously, you know, this is above the, you know, outside of the scope of kind of this brief video, but women who are pregnant, you know, may not want to engage in the high intensity resistance training that might lead to elevations in blood pressure and things like that. But in general, um, resistance training is safe and it's recommended for women during pregnancy and then in the postpartum period as well. And concurrent training, you know, is obviously recommended too. So they should engage in some types of aerobic training. For older adults, you know, resistance training becomes even more important here. So as we get older, you know, there is this decline in muscle mass and strength, whether that's due to aging per se or just decreases in activity kind of has yet to be determined. Um, but in healthy older adults, resistance training improves strength and power, results in increased mobility, increased physical function and increased cardiorespiratory fitness. Um, and then in those with frailty, sarcopenia, osteoarthritis, um, gains in strength after resistance training, meaningfully improve physical function. So of course, for everyone, kind of one of the goals of resistance training may be to improve muscle mass. But for older adults, what becomes particularly important is improving functionality, physical function, reducing their fall risk, um, improving, improving upper and lower extremity strength and things like that, ultimately to reduce their chance of falling because falls in older adults, as this paper states, are the leading cause of chronic disability and loss of independence. And resistance training does reduce fall risk in older adults. So in addition to risk factors, we have these um, functional benefits for older adults. Then there are a few sections here, which I won't go into detail um, for, but people with heart failure, uh, people with peripheral artery disease, individuals living with HIV, people living with Alzheimer's disease and related dementias, and people living with chronic kidney disease. These are all populations in which resistance training has been studied, has been shown to be safe, and has benefits. And so, you know, all, uh, with individuals with cardiovascular diseases and things like that, sometimes the risks of elevating blood pressure during resistance training, and even during aerobic exercise training are often raised. But, you know, if, if someone consults their healthcare professional, is engaging in supervised resistance training, that is at a, you know, a, an intensity that is safe for that individual, it does appear to be safe and um, exert significant benefits for these people. So there's really not, uh, there's not a group for which resistance training doesn't appear to have benefits. And next they go on to discuss the prescription of resistance training. So how often should resistance training be performed? What types of resistance uh, training should people engage in? Um, frequency, intensity, duration, and things like that. So here, you know, it's it's pretty general and it's pretty simple. Now, obviously, if you have goals above just general muscle mass maintenance or maybe increases, if you're performing for a competition or, you know, trying to bulk up, these recommendations may not apply to you. But for most people, the recommendations are fairly simple. So 
they talk about the types of exercises that can be performed. Resistance training can uh, include free weights, body weight, machine weights, and resistance bands. Um, for somebody trying to engage or engage in this or structure a program for themselves, finding eight to uh, 10 different exercises involving major muscle groups, performing this in one to three sets at a moderate intensity, eight to 12 reps per set to volitional fatigue on two or more times per week is effective for achieving muscular and cardiovascular benefits. So I think that's a pretty terse yet effective summary on how to prescribe your resistance training if you're looking for a place to start or even if you're already resistance training, maybe um, a way to modify what protocol that you're uh, using. Here, resistance training program pr progression, I'm not gonna go into detail on this, but it obviously just uh, mentions how one should kind of start easier increase their load as they um, progress within a resistance training program. But this section is kind of more um, relevant for healthcare professionals and um, personal trainers or practitioners who are kind of guiding people through a resistance training program. They do have some pretty nice figures in this paper, though, um, regarding, you know, the prescription, the benefits of resistance training, kind of the different muscle groups here. They talk about the different example exercises you can perform. You know, somebody could hang that up on their wall. I, I guess that they wanted something to reference. Um, a section on contraindications. Again, some of this stuff is not necessarily what I uh, am making this video for. And then here is just the discussion section. So kind of restating just what the benefits of resistance training are. Um, a few kind of interesting sections here. They talk about children and adolescents and whether or not they should engage in resistance training and how much. So the physical activity guidelines, they recommend children and adolescents six to 17 years of, old, uh, of age participate in muscle strengthening exercise at least three days per week as part of their recommended one hour per day of moderate to vigorous physical activity. So the benefits here are going to be, you know, um, lowering the risk of injury. You know, a lot of youth and children play sports, so reducing the risk of injury, improving their fitness, and enhancing their physical literacy. So start children at a young age, uh, resistance training, and it can definitely have benefits. And then finally here, they just make a brief mention of protein, but it's a super important uh, thing to mention. So protein before and after resistance training, before and or after resistance training is going to be essential for kind of maximizing one's benefits um, for whether they're muscle mass, muscle strength, or just, um, expediting muscle recovery. So be sure to consume protein, you know, 20 to 30 grams before and potentially after um, your resistance training program. Here's just a summary of the benefits. Again, a pretty neat figure, but we can see that traditional risk factors and non-traditional risk factors, as I already mentioned earlier, are improved through resistance training. And in conclusion here, um, well-designed randomized trials with long-term interventions incorporating evidence-based behavior change and maintenance are warranted um, and likely to reveal strategies for improved implementation of resistance training in clinical and non-clinical settings. Recent evidence clearly demonstrates resistance training is a safe, effective, and essential component of the overall physical activity regimen for cardiovascular disease risk reduction. So, um, Again, I, I wanted to talk about this paper just briefly because it's kind of been getting a lot of, I won't say press, but you know, among the um, endurance sports kind of fanatics and then the strength training fanatics who are the strength training fanatics, at least finally kind of ecstatic that a recognized organization for heart health is 
recommending resistance training. Um, and I definitely think it's cool, you know, being even the, the endurance athlete um, who, you know, is a huge advocate of endurance training. I definitely think resistance training has a place and obviously is necessary for one to optimize their health and longevity. So I'm glad that the American Heart Association published this and that they're getting the evidence out on the benefits of resistance training. If you enjoyed my discussion of this paper in the video and maybe want to see more videos like this, I'd love some feedback. If you have any comments on, um, you know, your own resistance training program or any comments on the paper, you know, feel free to reach out in the comments here or on social media. I even posted a thread about this on Twitter. So trying to get chatter uh, about this paper and I'll definitely be doing a longer form article on it sometime soon. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks for listening.